Hello, listeners. Welcome to AC's Random Mashup Podcast. My name is Alex. And my name is Calvin. In this week's podcast, we will talk about movies. We both love movies, so we plan on discussing movies in general and possibly share some movie theater stories. Alex, what are your favorite movie genres to start with? Uh, I would say my favorite would have to be action, comedies, thrillers, and horror. Well, I know that you don't take horror movies that serious. Well, a lot of horror movies, they don't do horror right. So in the end, to me, it just comes off as like a comedy. I know there's a way to add drama and, and add that tension to a scene because i seen it. I recently watched the Godzilla movie that came out in 2014. And when the monster was on the train tracks and there was two guys like trying to avoid being seen by the monster, there was some really good tension in that scene. That wasn't even a horror movie. But it seems like a lot of horror movie writers don't understand how to make that good tension in a scene. So it just comes off as comical or like they put in some cheap jump scare to be like, oh, got ya. You know, that's that's why I really like the, the 1979 Alien movie by Ridley Scott. Like how he used tension. Yeah, I mean, I remember watching that with you. It was definitely more of a horror movie than the other uh, Alien movies. But there wasn't as much tension Maybe that's possibly knowing that there were sequels with the main character was still in it. But that that's the problem with, I guess, movie series like that is that they don't have tension because you know that those characters are going to live through something like this. I think it would be better if horror movies were to make it more, let's say, unknown if the character is going to live or make it to another movie if they plan on it. Like in the Godzilla movie, the thing was is because I had watched Godzilla vs. Kong, which just came out recently, the Godzilla movie in 2014, you know, that was before. Those characters in 2014 didn't show up in the new movie. So it, you, when you watch Godzilla 2014, you're like, well, are these characters actually going to live through it? I, I never watched uh, Shin Godzilla. Can you tell me what those movies are actually about? I mean, I know that Godzilla is some kind of biggest creature. Godzilla is pretty much a reboot on all the movies where he fights uh, two monsters. I can't f remember their species name, but they wake up and feed off of nuclear energy and try to have like babies and stuff. And Godzilla Wait, comes in. Yeah, that's literally the, the plot line. Godzilla is essentially there to restore peace. He's like the good guy. Hold on. We're talking about the, the Kong versus Godzilla one, right? No, we're talking about 2014. Godzilla vs. Kong is more straightforward. I mean, they pretty much have a fight, and then towards the end, there's a, there's another foe that's introduced, and they have to fight that off as well. I don't want to give away too much of the movies, of course, but that's essentially the storyline. Are there, like, human characters, uh, too? Yeah, there's human characters. Godzilla 2014, there's a soldier that ends up getting mixed all into this because of his dad, who worked at the nuclear plant, that essentially got obliterated by one of these monsters. I actually thought that those movies are just about two apes fighting. <laughs> oh, Godzilla is anything but an ape. He, he's he got, like, nuclear beam he can chew out of his mouth. That's not realistic, that movie. Oh, yeah, like three monsters fighting in uh, Japan. That's realistic, yeah. No, sorry, it was San Francisco that the fight went down in Godzilla 2014. Anyways, 
I think those movie, at least the Godzilla 2014, did tension better than a lot of the actual horror movies or even thriller movies too. I enjoy a lot of movies, but the movies I've been seeing recently have been like total garbage. There was one that I had watched with my parents called uh, Thunder Force, which is on Netflix. And it's about two like overweight women becoming like superheroes. It could have been a good movie, but it just wasn't great. I mean, I enjoyed some parts of it, but the writing was just like one of the anti-heroes of the movie was just a guy with crab arms. That was his superpower, was being half crab. I really think we should continue with Sharknado if you're watching this crap. No, 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 no. Sharknado was one of those it's so bad it's good movies, but I mean, I don't know about the sequels. Not the most interested in seeing what those are about. Because then that's when they realized that, oh, we made a so bad it's good movie that we're just going to make it even worse. And at that point, it would just become a bad movie. That's what I, I figure, but... I know of a good friend of mine that he actually uh, likes those movies when he's drunk. Like, uh, he and some friends meet up to, to drink to this movie. Yeah, there's some movies like that. Like uh, The Room by Tommy Wiseau. That's a movie that you would have to watch drunk and think it's good. There is actually a really good movie made on essentially talking about the production of The Room called The Disaster Artist. So after we watched Disaster Artist, we got the original The Room movie to see. And yeah, it's it's as bad as people say. The acting terrible, the sets terrible. I like that, a budget of six million US dollars. Like, of course, actual productions like those triple A movies like uh, Avatar or even, even the new Alien movies have a way bigger budget. But, you know, all those indie movies... If any movie had a budget like that, they they could do so much with it. Tommy Wiseau didn't do a movie before this, so this was his first movie, and he got bad actors and such like that. You know, Alien, the one that we saw, had uh, 11 million US dollars budget and made 106 uh, million in, in the box office. And this wonderful The Room movie uh, made 4.9 million US dollars in the box office. Sounds like a great investment. I'm honestly surprised it made that much. I mean, it didn't make all of its money back, but it made almost $5 million in the box office. I didn't think that would be possible with that movie, but... Uh, let's check the Postal movie. Oh, the Postal movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, this movie had a budget of $15 million. Yeah. Uwe Boll is a very interesting director. People say he's the worst director ever. Which I haven't watched like any of his movies other than the Postal movie. Only reason why I watched the Postal movie was because I played the game Postal 2. He's such an interesting character. He went to do a crowdfunding after he started losing like funds from German investors and stuff like that. There's a loophole that he used in, in Germany to get money and stuff that essentially... Uh, videos explained in YouTube, but essentially the movies didn't really have to make money back. Alex, that's not a loophole. Well, no, it was a loophole. It's like a tax loophole. Oh, yeah. He probably had all his tax money in, in Luxembourg or Bristol. The loophole required that it needed to be a German uh, directing team or whatever. So that's they just ended up with Uwe Boll. But essentially, that's how he was able to get away with making these like you know high-budget movies and, and such like that. But once that started drying up, once that tax loophole got closed, 
he went to crowdfunding and that didn't work. So he posted a video on YouTube. I forget what year it was, but he said, F you all. And he just stopped making movies. During that time when he wasn't making movies, he was actually running a restaurant, like a really good one. He actually says that he is back making movies. He replied to a YouTube comment and he said that he's working on another movie and that a sequel to Postal will be coming in the future. I don't know. I kind of doubt that. I mean, who knows? It's it's quite possible, I guess. It would be really interesting to see what he could do with Postal 2 because the first Postal movie was so politically incorrect. That's how why it was so great. You know, I, I really like political incorrect movies. Exactly. Because now we're such in an age where you say something, you get canceled. It's so refreshing to go back and watch a movie that just doesn't care. It doesn't care what it says. It doesn't care what it means. It just does what it wants to. It was amazing. It felt like I was playing the video game all over again. But I think something like that is more likely than, let's say, like a Far Cry sequel. Because he worked on a couple of video game adaptations like Far Cry Alone in the Dark. I can't remember the other ones, but seeing that Postal is still owned by the same developer and stuff like that, I'm sure they would want him to do another movie. I don't think. I don't think so. Hold on. Did the game actually make any money? When it first came out, I'm not sure. They, they def definitely made enough money to make a expansion pack. Was a viable floppy expansion. Was it that old? It was on like discs, I'm pretty sure, but it was essentially Postal 2 took place from Monday to Friday and that expansion added Saturday and Sunday. Once they put it on Steam, it blew up in numbers. It has so much reviews on Steam. If I look it up right now, overwhelmingly positive reviews, 47,759 reviews on Steam. That's crazy. I mean, they're working on Postal 4 right now. So it would make sense if Uwe Boll were to make Postal 2. Again, we'll have to see. He, Like I said, he's just such an interesting director that you know, people don't give him justice by saying, oh, he's the worst director. Oh, there's definitely been a lot worse directors than him. Uh, I'm actually interested in your, in your movie theater stories. Uh, there was one time where my dad had a tray of like nacho chips and somehow when I was walking down the stairs I ran into him and all the nacho chips oh. just fell onto the stairs it was the funniest thing me being clumsy I'm not surprised that happened how did you manage to to run into him um I don't know <laughs> I was just walking down the stairs I guess too fast and I ran to him and how we collided it just the container like opened up and fell on the floor. So what is your movie theater stories? I You said you had a pretty interesting one. During the, the lockdown here in Germany. And I wanted to see this one friend of mine again. Uh, we haven't seen each other since we finished school. So I had the, the great idea to uh, book cinema tickets of an amazing comedy book went viral in Germany like two or three years ago and just recently um, the author made a movie about it. Since both of us were basically broke, we couldn't really afford like cinema snacks. On the opposite street there was a kebab store. So we bought kebab and you know I have this Valenstein uh, jacket 
with like 20 pouches. So I somehow managed to fit two kebabs and uh, one salad in, into my jacket. My God, those are big pockets then. And they really are like, you know, I can, I can seriously uh, carry a 13 inch laptop with, just with my jacket. I, I don't even use a backpack anymore. I just use this jacket. And that's basically it. We had kept up in the cinema and didn't pay like 30 euros for food. Yeah, it is a ripoff. It really is a ripoff. You know, I actually remember when I watched, it was Madagascar, you know, the, the movie with those animals that get shipped to another zoo and then they somehow stranded on, on the island Madagascar. Anyways, I remember that uh, I watched this movie with my parents and we only paid like 17 euros, which is like $20 for the tickets and food. And now everything's so much more expensive. Like you can spend like 60 euros on, on a single evening just in a cinema. You know, I'm curious if prices have gone down because of COVID. I, I haven't really been back no. to the movie. Wait, you're telling me prices have not gone down to encourage people to come back? That's so stupid. The thing is, people are scared of COVID. This whole tactic, like lowering prices to get people here, doesn't really work. So they, they have to uh, make it more expensive. You know, actually, every part of everyday life got more expensive because of COVID. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just surprised that they wouldn't lower prices to just bring in people. I mean, the prices were already high enough anyways. It wouldn't be like lowering the prices would kill their income. That's already happened because no one's going there. It seems counterproductive. But at least in the US, the Godzilla vs. Kong movie, I forget how much money it made, but it made a lot of money in the box office. So people are going back. It has topped 60 million at the domestic box office in the US, making it the highest grossing movie to be released during the ongoing coronavirus pandemic. That's pretty good, I will say. Well... That will end our movie discussion for today. Thanks for listening to the podcast, and we hope you tune in again.